Recode Radio presents Too Embarrassed to Ask, hosted by me, Kara Swisher, and Lauren Good of The Verge, powered by digital media. Today's sponsor is Audible.com, which has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at audible.com slash decode. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Editor of Technology at The Verge. And this is Too Embarrassed to Ask, a podcast that's all about making technology easier to understand and use. If you have questions that you've been dying to ask, we'll give you the answers, plus our views on all the latest gadgets. Submit your questions in advance by tweeting them to at Recode with the hashtag AskRecode. That's one word, hashtag Ask. R-E-C-O-D-E. And you can find all of our past episodes on iTunes at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. And while you're there, leave us a review. We've gotten some great reviews so far, yep. Kara. And five I stars. Five stars. Five stars. And someone actually wrote that they want to go on vacation with you to Hawaii. Really? No, just kidding. All right. But good. still. All right. Because they're not coming. We're doing something special for this week's Too Embarrassed to Ask. We're going to break away from our usual format to bring you an episode entirely focused on one theme. And in this case, it's sleep, or more specifically, sleep and tech and how tech is impacting the way we sleep. We'll still be taking a few of our reader questions, but most of the podcast will be devoted to a very special guest we have in studio. Yes, and I'm very happy to introduce (laughs) this week's guest, who, by the way, I've gotten into many debates about this very topic. Ariana Huffington is the co-founder, president, and editor-in-chief of the Huffington Impulse Media Group, and it's also the, do the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> no, and it's also the author of uh, fifteen books. Is that mm-hmm. right? 15. fifteen books, including her newest book, The Sleep Revolution. This new book, which is in part inspired by her own battle with exhaustion, explores how the industrial revolution and technological advances of the twentieth century have impacted our attitudes towards sleep, calling a lack of sleep post-war America's most dangerous status symbol. But it also rings a hopeful note that maybe people are actually starting to take sleep more seriously. Ariana, I'm thrilled to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Karen, Lauren, it's great to be with you. How much do you think we slept last night based on our appearances? You know me. I think Kara, I know Kara, I've known her for many, many years. Did you sleep for four hours or five? Three. Three? <laughs> Three, yes. I had to judge some awards for young... I can't help. Oh, Karen's my God. Did vampire. you sleep for six? Uh, le- a little bit less. Five? I try to go for six normally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talked about this before. I have a pet at home, and I have let the pet sleep on the bed, which is a really bad idea. Yes, so it's one of the no-no's. You know. right. So let's start. Why did you write the book? Explain what happened. You fell down and hit your head. I remember that. You I remember that, yeah. right? I, I collapsed basically from sleep deprivation, exhaustion, broke my cheekbone on the way down. And that started me on this journey of looking around and seeing just how many casualties there are. Mm-hmm. I was not alone. In mm-hmm. fact, 2015 was the year when we had executive after executive collapsing either on stage like mm-hmm. the CEO of BMW or on their treadmill like the CEO of United mm-hmm. and having a heart attack. So I saw this as a kind of cultural crisis around sleep because we've been living under this collective delusion mm-hmm. that we can basically reduce the amount of sleep we get mm-hmm. in order to fit in all the things that we want to do in our well, super seen busy... Well, it's a status symbol, like Martha exactly. Stewart, Marissa Mayer, they're all, they don't sleep. Exactly, but. and they basically say, it's like saying, I'm too important to sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, I have too many demands on me. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, The modern science, which is absolutely amazing, we're living through this golden age of sleep science, makes it absolutely incontrovertible. It's like climate change or uh, science about tobacco. Oh, I'm a sleep denier. You're a sleep sleep denier. (laughs) (laughs) Cara, the sleep denier. That it's not something negotiable. 
that the majority of people, unless you are a short sleeper, and you might be a short sleeper, we should test you, which is a genetic mutation. Mm -hmm. That means you can actually sleep for four hours and have no adverse effects. Mm -hmm. There is a tiny percentage of the population like mm -hmm. that, but the majority of us need seven to nine hours for optimal performance. Right. How and much sleep do you need? I need eight. And do you get that? And I and do. You're very Not, busy. I do. I do get it 95% of the time. And... Uh, in fact, it's made me much more productive. I get much more stuff done faster because, mm -hmm. you know, it's not just about your time. It's about your energy. Right. The same piece that you write may take you half an hour or three hours, mm -hmm. depending on on how recharged I am. Mm -hmm. So let's talk. You actually were citing examples of bad decisions around sleep, like Bill Clinton, uh, politicians, and things like that. You think he'd make better decisions if he had slept more? Well, he actually said that. He said that some of the most important mistakes I made, I made when I was start. He did not mm -hmm. specify what mistakes, mm -hmm. but he was very clear about that. Uh, we see the impact of sleep deprivation in this campaign. You know, Donald Trump has bragged again and again about how he only sleeps about four hours and he sleeps with his phone because he so doesn't... So that's his excuse. <laughs> well, I don't think he used it as an excuse. He uses it as a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. And uh, yet he displays all the symptoms that the American Academy of Sleep Science considers uh, symptoms of chronic sleep deprivation, mm -hmm. like not being able to process simple information, mood swings, anger outbursts, paranoid tendencies. Yeah, that's what's made me successful. But in any case... Um, <laughs> um, it's the paranoid tendencies. Yeah, outbursts are really good too. You have to tell me what I want to know. Um, but let's get into tech in this because I think it's, you know, you start with the Industrial Revolution where... Sleeps gets in the way of work, correct? And it's right. an American phenomenon too, also, correct? It, it's to a large extent an American phenomenon. Mm -hmm. It's not just that sleep got in the way of, the, of work. It was that we began to look at human beings like machines. Mm -hmm. And the goal of machines is to minimize downtime. And we thought that should be the same goal with human beings. And Thomas Edison you know, invented the light bulb and uh, also made some completely absurd statements around sleep, including predicting its complete elimination. Right, right. And then came the third industrial revolution, which is the digital revolution. Right, and that's really made it much harder for all of us because we are all, to varying degrees, addicted to our phones. Right, It right. seems as though we're entering an interesting phase where tech is in some ways the scapegoat for our lack of sleep, but at the same time, there's so much interesting tech emerging that is said to help with sleep. Do you use any sleep trackers or sleep tracking apps right. or anything yes. you'd recommend? Yes, first of all, I think you're absolutely right. It's kind of the paradox that mm -hmm. technology is one of the biggest obstacles to sleep, but it's also now producing an enormous amount of wearables of uh, apps sleep tracking. Um, to help us sleep. <clears throat> I wear my Jawbone app three, right. mm -hmm. um, but there are tons of uh, apps in the business. And you know, here's an interesting phenomenon that shows you know the tipping point. Mm -hmm. Aetna, you know, the third largest health insurance company has made available to its employees Fitbits mm -hmm. and those who track their sleep, it's an opt-in, uh, and get seven hours or more are given $25 a night. Okay. Now, what is amazing about that is not the money they're given, mm -hmm. it's that you have the CEO of Aetna himself, Mark Bertolini, advocating to his employees getting more sleep, which is completely contrary right, to, to what corporate America has celebrated for years, which is congratulating people for working 24-7, right. uh, singling out people who are up all, all night, who respond quickly to emails, etc. And 
that culture, of course, is still the prevailing culture, but changes are happening so very fast. So talk about fast. the role of tech more. I mean, what do you think it does? You're addicted to it, and so you have it with you in the bedroom. You have it, the first thing you do when you wake up is typically look at your phone. Most people do that I know. Well, 60% of people around the world sleep or have slept with their phones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I looking at with, you, like, Cara. In, in well, the bed or next to the it's bed? It's the best relationship I've ever had, Ariana, so I don't know why. That's I would not true, And Cara. she gets to update every two Except years. You. you are the only other best relationship I've ever had. But it is. It's. I, I can't be without it. It's like another limb. Well, well, that's really the addiction. That's why what I'm suggesting in the book mm-hmm. is creating a transition ritual. You have children. Mm-hmm. You know that you don't just drop your children, especially when they were little, mm-hmm. to bed. You know, you kind of have a little ritual you read. give them a bath yeah. you put them in their pjs mm-hmm. you read them something we need to create a ritual for ourselves mm-hmm. and the first part of the ritual has to do with technology that's kind of the non-negotiable part at some point even if it is five minutes before you're going to turn off the lights turn off your devices and charge them outside the bedroom this is the time to charge ourselves mm-hmm. and then not the f- next to the bed not next to the bed not because under if the you not under the pillow, not Oops. under the mattress, it has to be out not, of the room. Not, well, basically, not anywhere where you can reach Grab it. it. If mm-hmm. you wake up in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. can't go back to sleep immediately, mm-hmm. and you look to sort of distract or entertain yourself, and exactly. your phone is right there, you're going to grab it. Crossword puzzles, for example. <laughs> Crossword puzzles or whatever. So that's really the key. And then you know there are now some. If you don't want to wear something. There is Hello, that is an orb that sits um, on your yeah, nightstand yeah. and and tracks not just your sleep, but also your environment, the humidity, the, the um, temperature, etc. So we basically are more likely to change behavior if you can measure it. Mm-hmm. And that's what technology is now making available. And how you sleep, too. So you, and how you, you recommend sleep. a Fitbit or something. You can have the phone. That, you know, I use the phone for an alarm, too, and I use those different sleep trackers that measure it when it's on your mattress. Although it is worth noting some of them have some slippery science. I mean, we're definitely yes. sort oh, of no, in, the, in the early stages it, of this. Totally. It's in the early stages. And also, I don't recommend that you have sleep apps on your smartphone because that's where you also have all your other data. So I prefer to have things that are disconnected from my data so mm-hmm. that it doesn't re-engage me in my day life. And then I think the most important thing for me has been that I so much began to like how I felt when I was fully recharged and so much began to dislike how I felt when I was not recharged, you know, that I was more moody, more reactive, not really enjoying my life as much. And so that then becomes a kind of magnet that draws you to introduce these microscopic steps uh, that change habits. Yeah. Right. Well, there's always a poll, though, to read on my phone. That, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, so you, let's talk a little bit about the tech, more tech that you can use to help you sleep. What else do you use? You turn off your TV. You don't have a TV in your bedroom? You don't I have a TV in my bedroom, but I don't watch it before I go to sleep. Okay. I have a bike in my bedroom Mm -hmm. so when I'm on my bike I watch TV Mm -hmm. it's just a question of not turning it on when I get back from the office or back mm-hmm. from dinner and mm-hmm. before I go to sleep. You know, the blue light, of course, is, is something that right, stimulates the, the brain yeah. and it, it makes it harder to go to sleep. Apple just released Night Shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is Flux uh, that changes the blue light so it makes it easier to power down and go to sleep. But mm-hmm. these are all, for me, palliative measures 
and there is no alternative to just removing your phone. Well, yeah, because it's unclear what specific wavelengths those things are blocking out for you. Exactly. How much blue light and is also they being don't block all the stuff that draws you to the phone. It's like we have these two states, you know, we're in a doing stage or in a being stage. And we need to allow ourselves to get in a being stage, and that requires powering down our brains. You know, our bodies are exhausted. That's mm-hmm. not the problem, but our brains keep us awake. So my ritual after I remove my technology from the bedroom is to have a hot bath because I find this kind of water on my body is like washing away the day or a mm-hmm. shower, whatever you prefer, and getting into bed and only re- reading physical books that have nothing to do with work, you know, novels or poetry or philosophy. Or, and I love the feeling of getting drowsy and dropping the book on the floor, and I consider it a big compliment if yes, people fall me. asleep <laughs> during reading the sleep yeah. revolution. No, I didn't. I did not fall asleep. <laughs> One of the things you talk about in your book is um, the effects of sleeping pills. You're pretty down on sleeping pills, and you have some great examples of friends or other people that you knew who took things like Ambien and then ordered a lot of clothes online or climbed into the bath. Nora Ephron, you said, climbed yes. into the bathtub, woke up with wet hair. Well, they go from the funny ones, you know, like my friend who discovered that she had ordered because they just arrived on her doorstep an enormous amount of hooker clothes <laughs> when she Kara's woke up. Too. Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> you do that all oh, the time, but you crazy. don't wear them. Oh, I do. Oh, I do, Lauren. I have a okay. whole I mean, inner I mean, life. We need to that. see you. Lauren and I need to see you in your hooker yes, clothes. Yes, we need to Snapchat that. Uh, to serious things like Nora Ephron who told me that when she was in Paris, she woke up in the morning and her hair was wet and the bathtub was full. So she had filled the bathtub, got in the bathtub, Asleep? Asleep, wow. without any memory. There are so many examples like that. And there wow. are worse examples where people get in a car yeah. and they crash and they often hurt someone. So all these things are things that can happen and have happened to many people because you wake up and, you're, and you do things that you don't remember doing. And mm-hmm. this is all in the, the warning <laughs> Right. Um, symptoms that you get uh, when you watch these ads on TV, which I think should be banned because we in New Zealand are the only countries that allow advertising sleeping pills. Sleeping pills, yeah. And having and you know beautiful pictures of happy people and then a long list of, of warnings. Warnings, mm-hmm. right? Your liver, mm-hmm. your kidney, whatever. <laughs> so name a couple apps that you like. And then we're going to get to some a game that we play. Name some apps that you think are important for sleep that do well. Well, I think if you're not ready to wean yourself off your smartphone, Afflux is very good because it does at least reduce the blue light that you get. In mm-hmm. terms of wearables, I love my jawbone. I mm-hmm. think it, it gives me a lot of information. Uh, you can also gamify it with your friends and track each other's sleep and create a support system, a little tribe that is... Uh, Who do you do that with? So I do it with my daughters. Mm-hmm who've become sleep converts, and we kind of um, support each other and encourage each other. And I think it gives you that recognition that Professor Ronneberg, who's one of the top German sleep scientists, has said, which is a metaphor that I love, which is that if you put your alarm on before your body is ready to wake up, it's like putting the laundry in a laundry machine and taking it out before it has completed all the cycles. You're going to end with wet and dirty laundry. And that's often how we feel. What if we have to get up? Well, that's where you need to discipline yourself at the beginning of 
to decide when you're going to switch off and go to sleep. Right, right, I see. I don't believe that it's practical in our lives to go to sleep at the same time. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's a question of looking at what time you have to get up and then prioritizing going to sleep with enough time to recharge. So that's the solution. Prioritizing when you're going to go to sleep, take a hot bath is your is Turn what off you the like devices. To do. Put your first. devices out of the room, yes. you say. And you say you actually don't believe in using specific apps because it's counterintuitive. Once you're using sleep apps, then you're back on your phone. I know, phone. because basically your smartphone is kryptonite. It is. Yes, it's kryptonite. It's, kryptonite. it's the best thing ever. It's kryptonite. Say, it's it's like the, the one best thing I would take yeah, to a desert That's island. actually <laughs> that's kind of a good <laughs> paradox. It's the best thing ever mm -hmm. during the day. Mm -hmm. It's kryptonite when it comes to sleep. So it's both. That right. that's what makes it so hard. It's like an amazing thing we couldn't live without just as addicted to it during the day as you are mm -hmm. but at night it's so just you have seven phones i know in that bag of yours i only have three now three okay yeah <laughs> see what three phones do you have oh they're all iphones but um i have one that i use um, to be on the phone when i look at the other to edit or um, look at data and i have a backup wow in a minute we're going to play too embarrassed to answer with ariana but first, today's episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask is brought to you by FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it super easy and affordable to custom frame the things you love, and they can frame anything. They'll send you a mailing kit with your artwork, posters, album covers, old photos, anything. Lauren, what are you getting framed today? I would like to get a picture of you framed after you've ordered a bunch of hooker clothes on Ambien. Oh, well, after I'm yeah. wearing them, you mean. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I think everyone should. Um, their experts will frame it and send it back to you in days, fully ready to hang. You can upload pictures from your phone or laptop, and you can even upload directly from your Instagram feed. Pricing starts at just $39. And the best part, all shipping is free. They're giving a special offer to our listeners this month. Just visit framebridge.com and enter the offer code ASK15, that's ASK15, at the checkout for 15% off your first FrameBridge order. Thanks, FrameBridge. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, SoFi. SoFi is transforming the financial world by offering great rates on things like student loan refinancing, personal loans, and mortgages. The process is pretty simple. They look at your financial potential, and if there's promise, then they back you for life, which means that when you borrow with SoFi, you get an awesome set of perks too. Career services, member happy hours, nationwide networking events, unemployment protection, and even an entrepreneur program. The idea is that SoFi succeeds when their members succeed. So they'll do all they can to help their members out. Learn about what they can offer at SoFi.com. That's S-O-F-I.com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi.com. I have to say, Kara, I think I'm going to skip the happy hour this week at SoFi. I'm going to get some sleep <laughs> no, instead. No, we're going. No, I'm going. I need sleep. I'm drinking and then staying up bath. all night. That's what I'm doing. Ariana, before we let you go, we'd like to play a little game called Too Embarrassed to Answer, where we test our guests' knowledge about what's happening in the tech world. And these are just three questions based on recent tech news. The first one, a prominent tech executive said earlier this week, I hear fearful voices calling for building walls and distancing people they label as others, for blocking free expression, for slowing immigration, reducing trade, and in some cases around the world, even cutting access to the internet. Which tech executive made these veiled remarks? Was it A, Jack Dorsey speaking at a luncheon about the future of the internet? B, Ginny Rometty, IBM CEO, who suggested that Watson would make an excellent presidential candidate, or C, Mark Zuckerberg speaking at the company's annual developers conference. Mm, which just I'm happened today, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. um, Mark Zuckerberg. 
You are correct. You are correct. Very You're good. You're so plugged into the news. <laughs> I would expect nothing right. less. A new device made by an Israeli company, Celebrite, is designed to analyze your phone if you've been in a motor vehicle accident. Ariana, what is the new device called and what exactly does it do? A, it's called Makeover and it determines whether you were applying makeup just before you were pulled over by the police. It's called Textalizer and it determines whether or not you were text messaging while driving. It's called iDrive, and it's a scanner for your eyes that can actually determine, based on the size of your pupils, how distracted you might have been in the moments before the incident. Text. That's correct. It is the textalizer. No. Did you see about this? No. No, it is. Oh. It actually is the really? textalizer. Yeah, it's okay. like the breathalyzer, but for yeah. texting. Wow. Well, yeah. Let's see it's, that it's, no, it's actually a huge problem, but so is drowsy driving. That's drowsy. why we've partnered with Uber. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that counter final that. question. Go ahead. All right. The final too embarrassed to answer, this week we heard about an unusual addition to the Internet of Things. Ariana, which of these is a real connected device? Is it A, the Smart Pet Rock, a modern update to the 1970s fad that can tell you the weather and sports scores? B, the Smart Mailbox, a U.S. Postal Service approved carton that will sense when you have new mail and send you an email? Or C, the Smart Cow, a sensor that counts a cow's steps to determine if it is fertile and ready for insemination? Oh my God! <laughs> mm, I don't think it's the cow. I don't think it's the male. So I'm left with option A. The pet rock. Yeah, that would be kind of fun, mm -hmm. like a modern day Tamagotchi. And yet wrong. But it is in fact the cow. cow. It's the cow. Rico did a story last weekend about. Oh smart my God. <laughs> If it was a goat, I would have gotten it right. Goat. You know, Greeks, Greeks and, goat, and goats. Yeah. I know. You always go for the goat, right? I go Big for the goat, goat. yeah. Um, what are you doing with Uber? What is this thing? What is this? So we've partnered with Uber to run a campaign against drowsy driving. Mm -hmm. We did a great PSA that I must send you. We'd okay. love your support to get people to the change.org petition we have where people take the pledge not to let friends drive drowsy, mm -hmm. the way that we used to take a pledge, and many still do, not to let friends drive drunk. Mm -hmm. Because while deaths and crashes because of drunk driving are going down, deaths and crashes because of drowsy driving are going up. Mm -hmm. And last year alone, we had a million two crashes because of drowsy driving and 8,000 deaths. Mm -hmm. So in order to raise awareness around it, Travis and I wrote a piece together. So. Earlier this week, we did Uber ride-alongs, as we call them. So uh, an, icon, an icon, you know, comes up on your Uber app, um, Z, 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 and you can request us to ride along with you and talk to you about sleep. Did you do this? And give Did you, you talk to people about sleep? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and give what do you people a sleep say when they found Ariana Huffington? Well, they request us, so it's right. not a surprise. Mm -hmm. But we take you to your destination. We don't kidnap you. Right. We just That's talk to Uber you. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just talk to you along the way mm -hmm. and also give you a big bag of all sorts of goodies that can help your sleep, like white noise machines, uh, noise counseling, earplugs, uh, jawbones, you know, different things, candles, different things that can help you. Oh, would you come and massage people at their house? Um, yeah, that's a special um, right. so that's I'm a special ZZZ thing. you tonight. Yeah, please ZZZ me. I'm, I, we're actually having a contest uh, with on Airbnb mm -hmm. where people answer the in 550 words or less. What would you do with your day if you had a good night's sleep the night before? What would be different? 
and the winner gets to sleep in my apartment in New York. Oh, my God. After I cook them a fabulous Greek dinner, um, conducive to sleep, and I leave them alone to take a hot bath and sleep. And then in the morning, hair and makeup uh, to appear on Half Post Rise, our morning show, to talk about the experience. Oh, I'm totally trying to get that. that. (laughs) Carrie, you can probably Totally going to win. (laughs) Anyway, Ariana, it's been great having you here. Thank you. You are fascinating. This is actually, as much as I can't stand sleeping, this is a terrific (laughs) book, and I was riveted to it. It's a really, especially in this tech world, it's a really good idea for people to think about it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Love being with you. Thank you. So that was a great conversation with Ariana, Kara. I haven't finished her mm-hmm. book yet, but I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. Yeah. I find that when I start reading it, I actually get so inspired to sleep that I, I put it down. Not me. I was reading. I liked it a lot. I, I, you know, I always argue with her about her crazy napping stuff. And uh, I was going to say crap, but she has nap pods at work and things like that. And I was, you know, mock her for them. But actually, the book is really interesting and it makes a very persuasive case. I think I am a short sleeper, though. Um, I have. I used genetically. To be you think you are? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I think I get a lot done. I don't feel unhappy, and I don't know. Maybe I, I'm going to be tested, though. I'm going to do. I'm going to avail it to her. Oh, we'll have to share some of your results. Yes, absolutely. Here on Too Embarrassed to Ask. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every week we do ask our readers and listeners to send in their questions about tech topics. And you can do that, by the way, by tweeting us with the hashtag AskRecode. We also sometimes put it out on Facebook. So just send us your questions and we'll try to answer them. And this week we asked for your questions about tech and sleep. Lauren, who's our first question from? So our first question is uh, two parts. It's from Brian Warner. His Twitter handle is at RealBrianWarner. And he says, I'd like to ask, is there any research contrasting the effect of artificial light versus that of attempting, this is the second part, to keep our brains active by working right up until bedtime. So no cool down period before we try to sleep. Mm -hmm. Any research contrasting the effects of artificial light? Hmm. Okay. I actually don't, I don't think that there are. I mean, there have been some studies done that compare, of course, the impact of artificial light, like we're talking about all of these screens and the blue light that suppresses our melatonin and the impact that that's having on us versus people who have maybe gone out into sort of a natural environment and found how they sleep. Um, We did dig up one study from 2014 that was done by the National Sleep Foundation, which is an advocacy organization. It's found that uh, they polled a bunch of parents about their teenager sleep habits, and they found that sleep quality was better among children ages 6 to 17 who always turned their devices off before bed. So 45% of them were described as having excellent sleep versus 25% of those who sometimes left their devices on next to bed. Yeah, that makes sense, don't you and, and then another, another there was another experiment, too, where um, adults were using iPads at full brightness for two hours before sleep, and then their melatonin levels were measured with saliva samples. And then the results of that found that one hour of use did not significantly curtail melatonin, but two hours of use in the iPad did. I think what's going to happen as a result of all this technology eventually, mm-hmm. by the way, and this isn't just around sleep, I think it's around a lot of behavior, mm-hmm. is that there are going to be some you know longitudinal studies done Hopefully yeah, it'll with, be interesting. Hopefully, with very significant samples, whether it warps right, our brains, that or shows what this actually this is actually doing to us. But I think we're still so early. I think the red lights this. are driving me crazy. I'm always what? fighting with red lights. You know, you have Which your cable lights? box, all your boxes. Oh, the blinking lights. The blinking lights, or not just blinking lights, because they don't really do that as much as they used to in the in the olden days. The time on the on the VCR, the but olden days. the olden days, I call them back when the analog days when you were twelve, Lauren. Yeah, um, but you know, there's still right. a lot of I notice that like everything I own has a light on it, either blue or red or something, and I, I end up covering them with clothes or, or tape or something like that. 
So it, there's always a, one of those on somewhere, and I think that's a really interesting and quite distracting for some reason to me. It's a, it seems as though right now the artificial light that Brian is asking, I believe mm-hmm. he might be asking about the effect of artificial mm-hmm. light. There are, you know, like night shift, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about a little bit more, is mm-hmm. one of those things where it sort of puts a yellow cast on your phone to cut the blue light. And maybe that's great, and maybe there will be some studies that show how effective that is over time or how ineffective it might be. But at the end of the day, it still seems like just not using a screen in general, not having that kind of yeah. activity. I use an eye is. thing. I use an eye cover. I an like eye it. cover? What yeah, I look that? good. I look good doing it. You know, put on your eyes, like the things you get on Oh, planes. like a sleep mask. Sleep mask. Yeah, yeah. I use that. It's great. I go right to sleep. It's really? Fun. Yeah, it's I total need to darkness. I get into that. It's nice. I like it. I look good, too. I think I look good. I, I, well, yeah, I don't because know, it's just I can't one, see myself. It's just one step away from your shades. Exactly. Your shades all day I long. I like it, though. It does get me right to sleep. It's I bet people it's on the dark. plane are like, there's Kara Swisher. <laughs> she's not wearing her sunglasses, but she's Our got an eye mask on. question is from Dino Patsalos at Dino underscore Patsalos. Uh, does Apple's new night shift feature really work, or is it just a gimmick, Lauren? So this is, is an gimmick? excellent question, and there's going to be a lot of talk about this, I think. So our science editor at The Verge, Liz Lopato, mm-hmm. recently excellent wrote writer. a really good piece about this for The Verge, and the short answer is it's unclear whether it will actually impact sleep well, right now. Explain night shift for the people. Though it, so night shift is a feature that comes with iOS 9.3, the latest iPhone software, mm-hmm. where you can go into the settings and you can basically tell the phone that at a certain time, either at that moment or you can set it like you would set an alarm, I want the screen to shift to a sort of yellowish hue. Mm -hmm. So it goes from that bright white blue Mm -hmm. light, bluish Mm -hmm. light into something that looks like, I don't know, it's just yellowish. It's the best way to describe it. And you can actually adjust the, how intense the yellow Mm -hmm. color is. And And I use it actually. Well, the idea is that artificial light in general, you know, has sort of, it emits slightly different wavelengths than natural Mm -hmm. light does. Mm -hmm. And a lot of artificial light has the effect of suppressing melatonin and blue light especially and right melatonin is what helps you sleep so the idea is that this artificial light and yellow is better than blue it's impact blue light is the culprit and the yellow light may sort of counteract the effect of that like you know over evolution blue light will start to like I don't know if that's possible. That's interesting. I wonder if people are looking into I'm that. Sure, everything is evolutionary. Yeah, right? like everyone's staring at these phones. There's got to be an impact. Somewhere. Right. That's my scientific moment. Well, there line. you go. Yeah. But one of the reasons why we don't really know at this point how effective night shift is going to be is because Apple hasn't said which wavelengths the color shift will actually I didn't filter even know out. It was there. Or how you didn't know it was there? No, oh, I'm going to show it. I'm going right, to show okay. it to you after this. It's going to be. You're going to look at night shift in a hot bath. All and right. It's going to be all I'm good. Not getting any bath. Um, not with Ariana. So we don't I know. If she gets in the bath. The people who win the th- just a thought. <laughs> That's an added bonus. <laughs> Are you gonna let me finish? No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> we don't know what wavelength the color shift will actually filter out or how intense the filter has to be in order for it to be useful. But the one thing that we do know is that limiting blue light may lead to fewer headaches, Uh, blurry vision, and dry eyes, according mm. to Liz Lopato's reporting. Mm. Um, So it's unclear. The verdict is not out yet on sleep specifically, what it's Mm. gonna do for sleep, but maybe it will reduce eye strain. It's like one of those stories about butter. It's either bad for you, good, who knows? Yeah, and is it real butter or is it? You know what? Fake butter, butter is always good is for it, you. Really? Yes. Maybe, that's my maybe, scientific Maybe take. our next our next special podcast yeah, should I mean, be just like one of these things we don't know. We don't know these things, the effect of all these things. Yeah. And the last question is from Matt Skrinsky. His Twitter handle is at how to bake bread, uh-huh. who asks, Will VR affect our dreams? Maybe it's like the Tetris effect, or maybe encourage more lucidity. Yeah, I wanted to ask Arne about VR because it sort of takes us can we have like VR on when we sleep and it gives us 
better dreams. Yeah, it teaches us things via osmosis. What is, it, do sheeps, what is that famous story? Do sheeps dream in color or something? There, there's a, it's a great uh, sci-fi story. Oh. I just think it'll be interesting. VR will be interesting because it could take us to a new level of being and consciousness, I think. I still, I have a hard time believing that VR headsets, the way in their current form, will be They're something comfy. that will wear all the time. But as Mark Zuckerberg said at F8 earlier this week, he envisions in 10 years, and Palmer Lucky has said this as well, that they envision in 10 years, the things we wear on our heads, will just they'll just be regular looking glasses. And that's right. where you'll get the VR and AR experience. Right, and it'll maybe be like then a sleep be, helmet or something you go into. Yeah, like your eye mask will yeah. just be... Yeah. And maybe we'll all be taking virtual hot baths. I know. That would be nice. I don't know. No, but I mean, you think you could put something on it at night to help you look. Like, I'd like to learn Chinese while I sleep. You ever seen those, like, in sci-fi? You know, you put on the head yes. and then you suddenly know Chinese or whatever. I'd it like to funny. learn things. Someone did a, an April Fool's Day joke around that. The language learning app Duolingo, they oh. actually introduced <laughs> a fake smart pillow oh, where okay. you would put your head against the pillow and it would teach you but a I'm new language you, while you're sleeping. I think you could invent that. I think, why isn't one of these smart people inventing that? Why can't you input stuff like, well, Aaron, it would hate this because she wants you to well, rest, right. but I'd like to learn Chinese while I sleep. I mean, how healthy would it be to actually have all of that Stimulate tech? Your brain. Stimulating you're your brain. You're supposed to dream, aren't you? But I'd, I'd yeah, like VR to, to dream for me. No, dreaming is supposed to be good for you. But doesn't that happen when you are resting, when you're in a yes, deep Yes, but dreaming state. is supposed to be really good restorative for your brain. That's what I understand. Huh. But I dream logistics all the time. That's all I dream. You dream logistics? All the, I'm like getting you're somewhere. Like, what I'm, time's the bus? What time's the bus? I've got to get 50 people here at a certain time. I'm, oh. I only dream logistics. There's I think no you're good sexy dreams for Kara's It's literally <laughs> just like I have 90 people to get somewhere in, and there's three mountains and I ha- and a bus and I have to get them there. Yeah. Those are anxiety dreams. No, they're just, I just am a logistical person. You think? I don't know. I, I think you, well, you're very good. You're a very good logistical, logistical person. You're right. organized. You run your own business. Yeah, I do. I, you... I love do logistics. Maybe it's my version of porn, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. All right, so there's our best answer for now. Right now, there isn't a lot of research done on, I don't think, on um, how much VR will impact our sleep, but it's certainly a good question. And thanks to Matt, and also thank you to our other listeners for sending in their questions. This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask with our special guest, Ariana Huffington, who is teaching us about how to sleep. Yes, and after this, I, I kind of want to go take a nap. All right, I have, I have a new nap room here. At Kara Recode. finally caught on to the nap no, room. I'm not having a nap room. Ridiculous. <laughs> I'll hit you on the head with something and go down for wake up (laughs) if you enjoyed the episode as much as we did be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at itunes.com slash too embarrassed to ask yeah just so you know i last night there was a party charles sandberg gave for ariana huffington and i stole a pillow that said sleep your way to the top you stole it i did out of charles have you told her yet no. I'm sorry I didn't make it to that. Anyway, go well, ahead. Anyway. Cheryl's going to find out now if she's listening. Uh, I doubt it. Hey, Cheryl, <laughs> call me if you're listening. And subscribing is great to uh, Too Embarrassed to Ask. You'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes. We will answer all your tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. That's at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. Or um, you can also listen on Recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other episodes like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and of course, our newest show, Recode Media with Peter Kafka. And I should note that we're nominated for Best Podcast in the 20th Annual Webby Awards. So go to the webbyawards.com and vote for Recode Decoded. And a special note that you love Kara Swisher. You absolutely should. And you, you only, only have one more week to get your vote in. So do it. So do it or Kara's going to come after you and disrupt your sleep exactly. in the middle of the night. Exactly. She is a sparkly vampire. Mm-hmm. And once you cast your vote, The Verge also has some great podcasts for your listening pleasure. Walt Mossberg and Neelai Patel host Control Walt Delete. Neelai also usually hosts The Verge Cast with a bunch of other Verge 
Adventures. Chris Plant has What's Tech, which is a really fun podcast. And Liz Lapato and Emily Yoshida have Verge ESP. That's a lot of podcasts. Wow, that's a lot. You will not be getting any sleep if you uh, Mm -mm. listen to all those. And don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag AskRecode. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions that you've been too embarrassed to ask. Tune in there and get some sleep.